This is the Startup Pregnant Podcast, episode number one. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Before we kick off the show, I want to let everybody know that the reason this podcast exists is because we have an incredible number of sponsors who are backing us. If you want to become a sponsor, there are several ways to participate. You can sponsor an entire episode, you can sponsor our website, or some people even sponsored us at the cup of coffee per month level. And we all know that it takes many, many cups of caffeine to make a podcast and our work possible. So because there are so many of you sponsoring us already, we are here making this show a reality. Head to startuppregnant.com slash podcast to find out how you can sponsor us. And without further ado, let's get started. So in this first episode, I want to tell you a little bit about my story and about how Startup Pregnant first got started. I'm going to go back in time and tell you a little bit about my journey through working in the tech scene in Manhattan and what it was like to be pregnant through all of that. And I want to introduce you to some of the amazing women that we have that we're going to be interviewing in following episodes. They are brave and inspiring, and they've been through some of the most transformational journeys that I've ever heard of, and I cannot wait to share these stories with you. So two years ago, I got pregnant while I was working at a startup in Manhattan. I was working at an education technology startup, and what we did is we taught people how to code. And I was really transparent during the interview process. I was 31, and I said, hey, look, I am definitely going to start a family. That's in my big life dreams. That's something that I want to participate in. I don't know whether or not it's actually going to happen, but that's something I'm going to be trying for, and I really want to be a part of the startup world. And so I wanted to figure out how to do both. Like, how do I join startups? How do I keep working within the entrepreneurial scene and keep working and building my life as it looked like in becoming a mother? So the CEO of the company where where I was interviewing was really great. Um, he's a good friend of mine. And he said, well, listen, we're a startup and we're in the business of figuring out how to do things differently. That's literally our job description. And he was very open to trying a lot of different things and figuring out how to make it work which I loved that approach and I was really on board with because it's the startup world in particular where we can create new ways of being, create new ways of working. And so this this window into the world of women in tech and in particular pregnancy in the tech world was so important for me to be on board with. So I got on the phone with Matan, the CEO of One Month, where I worked, and we chatted about this decision to work together. Take a listen, and there's a little bit of background noise, and you may hear a baby noise or two in the background. Matan, I want to ask you so many questions. So one of the things I keep meaning to go back and ask you about is about that decision to work together when we knew that I would also be trying to get pregnant, and that common misconception that women are just not, they're just these risky things to hire when when they might be starting a family. So that we talked about that. Remember we were way back, we were at that 
uh, what was it, that restaurant. And we were talking about it. And you you said the most amazing thing to me. Can you tell me a little bit about your thinking about startups and hiring pregnant people and hiring women in general and people who want to start families? So it mean, something I've thought a lot about more in the context of working with friends, right? Because like, you know, there's always a risk when you work with friends that like you will risk damaging a relationship, right? Because you, you introduce this like business element and some friendships, you know, get weird or can't handle it. And, it, you know, if the startup fails, it's really stressful. But at the same time, it's, you know, I've always felt that like, if I'm going to be starting a company, like I want to work with people that I actually want to hang out with. Right. And obviously my friends are the people that I would want to be around all the time. Like if I only limited myself in the workforce to people that I actually wouldn't hang out with on my own and slash I'm not friends with, I'm going to have a pretty, you know, boring time or like shitty time. And the other thing is like, I mean, people who do startups are not generally risk averse, right? But nature of the fact that they're actually considering working at a startup or starting a startup. And in terms of like the level of risk that that you're encountering, it's much riskier to just work at a startup in the first place or to start a startup than it is to to take on, you know, the risk of working with a friend and, you know, potentially not working out. Like if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, like the only way that it's really going to have the best chance of succeeding is to have the best people involved, right? And there's no certainty about like how long that's going to be. Like startups are changing all the time. So, you know, sometimes the best person for the first year of the startup is not the best person for like the second year of the startup because, you know, when you're three people, you need you need different people and different minds and a different approach than when you're 10 people than when you're 30 people. So I, I always feel like if, if you limit yourself in terms of talent, you know, for like the safest candidates, then you're basically in the long run, like handicapping your startup and it's, it's chance of being successful. Whereas if you take the risk, you know, you're, you're act, it's probably actually the least risky thing you can do in the long run for the success of your business. If that makes sense. Boom. Yes. It's equally risky for both parties, right? Like pregnant women or people who want to start families are taking a huge risk by joining startups as well. Cause the job yep. prospect is like yep. not as necessarily secure, but mm-hmm. we live in a world where that's true across the board. So startups are becoming less mm-hmm. risky to, to people. And then mm-hmm. it's so smart for if you're looking to hire really great people, not to limit mm-hmm. yourself and be like, well, gosh, I should just cut my talent pool in half because all those women might get pregnant right. because everything's going to change in a year and two years and three years. And it's 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 so interesting to me because if there's one or two groups of people that have that in common, it's people who are mm-hmm. looking to start families and people who are looking to start startups. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just mm-hmm. in this shit show together. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I wish that yeah. were more of yeah. the common sensibility. Yeah, exactly. And it fits. It fits with like the the kind of the agile startup mentality about like iteration and you know learning fast and, and trying out new things, which is to say that like you know I was never really worried about it because i I always felt like uh, at least with you and I like we're both in the mentality of thinking like, okay, let's give this a shot, and like if it doesn't work out, there's so many reasons that it might not work out that have nothing to do with the fact that like you know you're planning to have a baby, right, and so that. Like it almost feels like the best case scenario is like something amazing happens and, you know, you, you contribute in an incredible way, just kind of like 
exactly what did happen. And then, you know, there's a natural, natural progression and natural transition. So a year after working at the startup, I, I joined them. We had a ton of fun. I'll tell you more about that story at another time. My husband and I start trying to get pregnant. And a little less than a year after working there, we got pregnant. And I figured I'd have at least another nine months to a year to be working on the startup pretty full time. So I worked there almost a year while getting pregnant or well, not being pregnant at all. And then I'd have the nine months of pregnancy. And it, that would bring it to about two years time before I took a maternity leave and then came back to rejoin the company. But pregnancy took me in a little bit of a different direction than I was expecting. It rocked my world to say in a lot of different ways. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I learned that everybody's experience is completely different. A lot like the entrepreneurial world where some people will have skyrocketing success or some people will have a steady journey and some people will find it incredibly difficult and persevere for a number of years. The same was true in the pregnancy world. And I had my own unique experience. Uh, I thought that I would be somebody who loved getting pregnant. I thought I'd stay really athletic. I'd stay in shape. And basically, I would just be a better version of myself and I'd still be able to kick ass at work. All of these were beliefs that I held true. And I will confess a kind of not so pleasant thought. You know, I definitely was somebody who maybe judged a little bit and said, well, you know, some people can't hang during pregnancy, but I will be able to do it. And then there was an arrogance that I'm not proud to say that I had about what I thought would be true. I was really good at hustling. I was really good at staying up. I was really good at, you know, pushing a little bit harder to get things done faster or better or smarter. I loved working in the mornings. That was a real treat for me. I got up early and I wrote every day. And I didn't work super late, but I could work until 9 p.m. at times in order to get more things done. And um, my experience of pregnancy was that it was really hard. I'll go into it more probably in different episodes later on in this show. But um, in kind of a brief overview, I struggled with some depression, a little bit of shock. I even wondered sometimes if I wanted to be pregnant at all and if I'd made a huge mistake. And my body did a lot of things I wasn't expecting. I had pelvic separation that made it really hard to walk. I was sick for half of the pregnancy, about 18 weeks. I had preeclampsia at the end, and I was really anemic post-delivery. So I have this permanent map in my head of Manhattan and Brooklyn and all of the different places that I have vomited in this city of mine. I have vomited through a chain link fence. I have been in Whole Foods on Houston Street and run to the checkout line to get a paper bag and vomited all over my groceries. I have vomited into a coffee cup and into a bush. And it just came upon me suddenly. I had morning sickness and night sickness. And it was a wild, wild experience. And at the same time, I was I would get up. I would have morning sickness for several hours, probably 6 till about 7.30. I would get some food in my stomach. I would drink a cappuccino. I would prep myself for work. I started wearing a lot of red lipstick because it made me feel like a bad And by the time I got to work, I would be ready to be a boss between about 9 a.m. and 6 or 7 p.m. daily. And in startup world, we had some of the hardest things a startup goes through. We expanded really rapidly, maybe too rapidly. We had to restructure our team, which is euphemistic for we had to fire a bunch of people at one point. We outpaced our expenses and then we recalibrated. We had some really good successes. We ended up reaching, you know, tens of thousands of people, teaching people how to code online. And 
eight months after I joined the team, which if you're keeping track of the timeline, was a month before I found out I was pregnant, I was promoted to become the first VP. So we went from a flat structure of about six people, and then we grew rapidly, and I was one of the first leaders on the team. And I joined the co-founders in figuring out how to organize and lead this team, which was separate from pregnancy, a really huge and hard experience that I went through. So why am I telling you all of this? Like, Why this backstory? What struck me was a couple of things. First, there are so many different experiences of pregnancy and of entrepreneurship that having one narrative that something is going to be a particular way, like you'll be beautiful and have a baby bump, or you'll have a hockey stick growth curve, or being your own boss is the best thing ever and no one should ever tell you otherwise. These limiting beliefs, these constricted narratives don't take into account the full spectrum of what it means to have these experiences. And I found that so many people just knew so little about pregnancy and entrepreneurship. The combining factor was that I felt really alone. I felt like nobody understood what I was going through. And there I was. I was this woman in tech. So we had mostly men on our team. And I was one of the only women. And then when I got pregnant, I was the only 30-year-old woman who was pregnant working in this company. And it was it was incredibly isolating. There are people who didn't know anything about me or my body or what I was going through, and they had no way of even being able to begin to be empathetic. And at times, just the simplest thing like caring about the food that I ate didn't even register in people's minds. And that was really hard. And then in the other world, I would be in yoga classes with lots of prenatal and postnatal moms, and I would try to explain what it meant to be running a business or to be undergoing these huge, tremendous leadership challenges. And I would also feel very isolated and alone. And that's a bit of a caricature to separate those two things completely because, of course, there's overlap, but there wasn't enough. And there wasn't enough place for me to have this conversation. So the first thing that I really felt compelled to do was to have more conversations and to tell these stories. That was one of the things that started this podcast. I said, to myself and to a couple of friends, I just said, I need to know more. Like, I need to know what other people are talking about. I need to know what other people's experiences are. And there was something soothing just simply about listening to the story of another woman and hearing, you know, what did you go through? How is it for you? Did you love it? Did you enjoy it? What parts did you like? What parts did you not like? How did you deal? When everything is changing right in front of you, how did you teach yourself? How did you learn? Who did you lean on? The other things that really struck me, for example, number two, is that so many people will pay top dollar to go to an MBA school, to go get an MBA, to become some sort of business executive. And in fact, we have this built into our company structures that many places will say, yes, we want to you know, help you grow in your career. We want to help you grow in your job. We'll pay for part of your business school if you work with us for a long amount of time. And yet the experience of pregnancy, of going through this demanding, unending, you can't get rid of it kind of thing. And I mean that like you can't take off your pregnancy suit. You cannot just stop and be like, OK, today on Friday, I'm not going to be pregnant. I'm going to go have a glass of wine. It's like, no, it's relentless. You can't take any Advil. You can't have any wine. Um, well, you can't get drunk. I'll just put it that way. I had, I definitely had a little bit of wine during my pregnancy. Um, you can't take it off. You can't leave this pregnancy suit behind. And it's such an incredible almost accelerated constructive experiences that whittles you down in some ways and forces you to change because of all the demands that are placed on you. And we pay 
some people, $200,000 to go to get an MBA. And pregnancy, I mean, you know, one might argue that pregnancy is about the same cost. It's estimated that it's a quarter of a million dollars to bring a child to the age of 18, a lot more depending on what city you live in and what schools you choose. But the analogy is that we are really invested in people's growth when it looks like business. But when it comes to pregnancy, we're terrified. And if we could restructure and reframe this and say, you know what, if we support a woman through pregnancy, she might actually be going through this radical transformation and have a lot of wisdom and insight to bring back. And maybe the reason she's leaving the company is because there just isn't enough support. So that was number two of the ideas that kind of propelled me towards this podcast. And then three, I realized how little culturally we knew about pregnancy. And some of the things I started to learn really blew my mind. There's an amazing piece, which I'll link to in the show notes about it's on BuzzFeed and it's about Kim Kardashian and the cultural experience of our witnessing of her pregnancy and how we judge her from the outside and how we expect her to be cute and to have a baby bump and to, to to frankly, to enjoy being pregnant. And she does the opposite. She wears clothing that nobody would deem appropriate. She gains a tremendous amount of weight. And she speaks candidly about how little she likes the experience. And it got me thinking and reading a little bit further. And I realized by learning, by reading from other people, that one of the things we've done with pregnancy is either we've completely obliterated it from the cultural conversation. And and to put a pin in this point... Before the 1940s, it was not allowed to use the word pregnant by the Motion Picture Association of America for scripts. So you were not even allowed to discuss or talk about pregnancy in film and television. Now, that is pretty remarkable. If you think that scripts couldn't contain this word and you couldn't show it on television up until not that long ago, that meant that we were hiding this whole thing, this whole narrative. The creation of human beings was hidden from our cultural, pop cultural conversation. I said, oh, wow. And recently, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, we have begun to show more of the story, show more of it. There's, you know, Lauren Conrad has a maternity fashion line. And that is a new evolution in this turn of what it means to be pregnant. But there's still a very strong narrative about what you should look like and how you should feel and how you should behave. And there's a lot that is left undiscussed. Hence, a podcast. And then lastly, point number four. I felt like the conversation around work, life, life work life life, right? What does your work life look like? What does your life life look like? How are they intertwined? I'm avoiding the term work life balance because I'm not certain that that term makes sense to me and I don't love it as a term. But what does it mean to be a working parent? And it looked like the conversation that we were having, at least for me, about becoming a mother and becoming a parent and continuing to thrive in work. It seemed weak. It seemed fear-based. Here we were in the startup world trying to build things that have never been built before. We were trying to do things that have never been done before. And, and there's all of this excitement about, like, how do you disrupt the industry? And how do you revolutionize X? And how do you disrupt Y? And yet we were clinging desperately to certain patterns about what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a woman and work. 
And um, there is some research to suggest that 40% of the American culture believes that women shouldn't work, still believes that women shouldn't work now in 2017. So this is fascinating, right? We've got all of these narratives talking about what women and work looks like. And when you thrust that up against the startup world, we've got this ambition to change and this fear of change. And we are clinging desperately to certain patterns and being afraid of change. And why? Why? Why were we so adamantly afraid of making work look different than it did 100 years ago or 50 years ago in service of women creating life and men creating life and people becoming parents? Were startups and pregnancies so at odds that they could never be in alignment and work together? So these are some of the questions that I was asking when I got pregnant working at a startup in downtown Manhattan in 2015. And I began searching and asking for help and asking for advice. I reached out to my friends and I started having conversations. And at first I was doing written conversations and email conversations and phone calls. And a friend of mine said, you know, you really need to start a podcast. I said, yeah, I guess so. And I realized how much it meant to me to be able to witness other people's stories and listen in. So I hope that this podcast is just one example in many of new conversations worth having around women in leadership and in work and in what it really means to be an entrepreneur. I realized during the course of my own pregnancy that these two forces, pregnancy and entrepreneurship, they're actually very similar in a lot of ways. They're both accelerators. They both change you. They both are in pursuit of creating new things in the world, new companies, new babies, right? And they're both crazy shit shows at times, a lot of the times, right? A lot of times we are just trying to figure it out one day at a time, one sleep-deprived, coffee, bleary-eyed day at a time. And if these two processes were so similar, would having a conversation around both of them at the same time actually teach us a lot about one another? Could we say, oh, you look like me and I look like you and there's a lot of similarities here and what are the patterns and how can we learn from each other? And maybe there's actually a lot of insight to be gained. What if the startup world, for example, has a tremendous amount to learn from pregnancy? We look at so many different other biological phenomena. What if we looked at pregnancy and said, wow, this is actually an amazing model for business. What if we could do business in completely new ways by looking at the very creative force that creates life itself? So I began this inquiry. And I'm inviting you to join me on this inquiry. And along the way, I'll confess I've never done a podcast before. Um, I'm learning it all as we go. I'll be editing this in GarageBand and figuring out how to upload things and do it along the way and and embracing my own fear curve, the one that at the beginning starts out with, of course I can do this. This is awesome. And jumps in with gusto. And then as I get in there, I get in a little over my head and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and everyone else is better than me. Um, and then I put it on the shelf for a short while and then I come back and I build it slowly. So this podcast is an experiment and it's an inquiry. And I set as a goal when I started this to interview 100 women and capture their stories. Something about the number 100 made me feel like I would get enough stories to start to be able to hear the richness and the diversity and the variety. And the conversations have been pretty amazing already. I've recorded a few of them at the time of me recording this introduction. And I'll tell you, we get to talk to people about non-traditional ways of parenting and so many different stories that need that just need more telling. 
And so in this first series of episodes that you're going to get to listen to, I interview women who own big businesses that have had skyrocketing success. I talked to a foster mother who adopted three children at the age of 28, and she wasn't expecting to. I talked to a parent uh, who had two children and was a successful business owner and ended up filing for divorce and choosing to become a non-custodial parent. I speak with a single mother who bargained for part-time work when she became suddenly a single mother. And along the way, she still became the best-selling salesperson while working part-time because she changed the paradigm of what work looked like for her. I get to talk to a postdoc, postpartum physical therapist, and she works specifically with women's bodies and knows firsthand about why the lack of conversation around what our core and what our bodies are doing in that year, year and a half, two years post-pregnancy is really hurting women and what to do to change it. I interview my doula, the woman who delivered my own baby. Um, who is also a multiple-time entrepreneur and incredible businesswoman. All of this we get to talk about. We get to talk about breastfeeding and pumping at work. We get to talk about the fourth trimester and the fifth trimester, about the problems with returning to work and the joys of returning to work, about how pregnancy and parenting transformed women's understanding of work and what it means to do work in an amazing way. And we also talk about the shit shows. There's no hyper glamorization or glorification of all of this. These are just threads. And sometimes it feels like a swirly mess for most of the time. And that means that you're inside of it. I want to have a conversation about what it means to build a new future of parenting and work and what these two worlds have to teach each other. We're going to talk about what the future of work looks like how entrepreneurs are carving new paths, how parents are creating new new forms of what it looks like. And through all of these stories, we can learn more. So thanks for listening to these stories. Feel free to reach out if you want to get in touch with me and tell me either that I should have somebody as a guest on the show or that you have a story to share with me. I'm really, really excited to bring you on this journey. So that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Do us a favor and give us a review and a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are a brand new show and your ratings and reviews help tremendously in getting the word out. And hit subscribe or if you want to tell your friends about it, just share our website at startuppregnant.com. I also want to give a huge thank you and shout out to our show sponsors, Aeroflow Breast Pumps, Taskerly, Meet Edgar, Hippo Give, and Think Clearly. Thank you so much for being our master sponsors, show sponsors, and show backers. One of the reasons this podcast exists in the first place is because we put out a call for sponsors on our Patreon page and we were overwhelmed by the response that we got. In fact, at the time of launching this podcast, we have over $700 a month in early sponsors from people who are sponsoring anywhere from the $2 a month level of individual contributions to full show sponsors who are sponsoring entire episodes. We are so excited to be partnering with all of these people and brands who want to get this message out and by the overwhelming amount of positive response that people have given us about wanting to hear this show. 
our next goal is going to be to sponsor all of season two. So if you like what you hear and you like the stories that we're sharing and you think it's important that we build this, please leave a review on iTunes, hit subscribe and head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash startup pregnant to become a backer. There are all sorts of fun prizes and things you can get for various levels of sponsorship too. And tell one of your friends about the show. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode.